thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 through 3 says this, It pleased King Darius to set over the kingdom 120 administrators to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one governor, that the administrators might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Check this next verse out. It's pretty awesome. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and administrators because an excellent spirit was in him. So Daniel was distinguishedly different he distinguished himself differently than everyone else who was in leadership. Why? Because he carried an excellent spirit that was upon him. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord today. I pray that you help me to communicate in a way that I believe you showed it to me. Bless the people that are here today. And I pray by the end of this message, hope would get up, healing would be released, and you would do great and mighty things. In the precious name of Jesus, and the people said amen and amen. I want you to do something for me. Let's take one minute. Let's reach over, love on somebody. Get out of your seat. Come, come meet Mike and his family that's here today. Love on them, and let's see what God's about to do up in this room today. Go ahead. Online campus, you know what to do. Do me a favor, hit that share button. Let's get this message out there and let's believe God to do some great things today. I believe God's got great purpose in this message that he has for you. But let's not, let's not be stingy. Let's get it out there to those who are listening as well. Amen. All right, give the Lord one hand clap of praise as you return back to your seat. Everyone say this with me. Say, the spirit of excellence. Say it again. Say, the spirit of excellence. Act like you was at a Chiefs game and they just scored a touchdown. Say, the spirit. See how much louder you got for the Chiefs? What's wrong with y'all? Say, the spirit of excellence. Now, here's what I know about excellence. Excellence is not a gift that you were born with. Nobody in this room was born with the social skill of excellence. You, you weren't automatically given excellence. Excellence is taught and excellence is caught. Excellence is taught and excellence is caught. There's a major difference between success and failure, and I believe that one little ingredient is the spirit of excellence. Here's a note about church. I've been to lots of different church services. I've been in churches all over America. I've been in church services in the Dominican Republic. I've been in church services in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I've been in church services all over India. Here's what I know about church. Church, every single church has a product. Every single church has a service. Look at your neighbor and say, hope you got served today. Every church has a presentation. Every church has a presentation, but not every church has excellence. And we're not trying to be a low-grade church, a sloppy galoppy church. We're trying to be a church that provides quality and excellence. Come on. Excellence that I taught you was when you do the very best with what God put in your hand. Excellence is producing high quality. Excellence is producing great presentation. It's doing the best with what God put in your hand. Here's a note about excellence. Excellence will cost you what mediocrity will save you. Let, let, me, let me explain. Just because you do it fast and cheap don't necessarily mean it's a good product. Just because we usher people in and usher people out does not mean we're giving them a good product. 
People want an excellent product, so they're going to pick an excellent church. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to us today. Excellent people conquer what mediocre people complain about. Are you conquering situations? Or are you complaining about them? Don't be a complainer. Be a gainer. Excellent people are problem solvers. Mediocre people are problem finders. Are you finding the problem? Are you solving? Every church got a problem. Just look down your row. We all got problems at every church. You didn't look, but it's all right. Every church has got a problem. We got economic problem. We got a parking lot problem. We got an ugly outside of the building problem. We've had leaky roof problems. We've had leaky basement problems. We'd be leaking everywhere around here. But, but, but thanks be to God, we can solve the problem. Pastor, Pastor, what happened to your beard? Did it get raptured? No, it'll grow back. Praise the Lord. Somebody told me this morning, you look like you're 20. I said, I love you. I'm about to sow a seed into your life. Praise God. Excellent people learn to make improvements. They don't learn to make excuses. So are we going to be a church that offers people who come in an excuse? Or are we going to make some improvements around here? I feel like we've been in a construction project for 50 years. It's only been five years, but it feels like 50 years. Because we want to make improvements. We don't make excuses. This church used to stink. How many of y'all remember? My God, we walk up here, it was like a dead rat was in a closet somewhere. Miss Bree, don't remember. I'm glad you don't remember because it stunk. It was so foul, nasty. We thought a demon was manifesting, but it was something. We didn't know what it was, but we found the answer. We fixed it. We didn't just, well, that's how it is. No, we searched and searched and searched and searched until Birdo saw bubbles coming up from a puddle of water. We had a gas leak in the building and didn't even know it. The fire marshal told us it wasn't a gas leak. The gas company told it wasn't a gas leak, but it don't smell like gas up in here. Not your gas, but natural gas. Here's what I know about excellence. Excellence is an outward demonstration of an internal conviction. Can we all say that together? Excellence is an outward demonstration of an internal conviction. What I mean by that is excellence doesn't start on the outside. Excellence starts in here. You know the Bible, for as a man thinketh. When you begin to think, I need to do this more excellent. Your heart starts to say, hey, yeah, you do, internally. So you start to talk more excellent. And then after you talk it, after you've thought it, then you manifest it. Because excellence is an outward demonstration of an internal conviction. Here's what I know. I know that Ben doesn't have to tell me he's excellent. You don't ever have to go to ask and ask somebody, hey, are you an excellent person? You will see it in how they pay their bills. You will see it in the what's in their front yard. Is it dirt and broke down rusty furniture or is it excellent? You will see it in how they talk. You will see it in who they surround themselves with. What? You will see it in how they spend their money, what books they read, where they go, who they keep company with, what church they attend, what's in their floorboard. Is it an old McDonald's French fry or is it a vacuum piece of carpet? It's excellence is an outward demonstration, not just a church. It's an outward demonstration. How do you spend your money? Is it excellent? Well, I can't afford to tithe. No, you're just not excellent with what God gave you. Because excellence is an outward demonstration of an internal conviction. Let's all say it one more time just because it sounds so good. Come on, here we go. So today I want to give you nine things because listen, I believe with all my heart we're about to step into a season of revival. That's what I believe. I believe with all my heart. 
I believe it with all my heart. Somebody needs to believe with me. I believe it with all my heart. We about to step into a season of revival. I believe it. I believe it. Okay, yep. So we're about to step into a season of revival. But, but when all these people come and give their life to Jesus, get radically healed, saved, and delivered, if we don't present well, it'll be like having coffee without a filter. We got to present well. So I want to give you nine principles of excellence to distinguish yourself above the others. I want to give you nine principles that we as a church must possess that we can distinguish our church above the others. You say, Pastor, are you in competition with another church? No. But we're going to be distinctly different. Every church should be distinctly different. That's what makes up the body. Number one, excellent people are deeply committed to excellence. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you running a race to be first or are you running a race to be your best? Because we ought to strive to be first. I'm sorry. We ought to strive to be the best first. And then we should strive to be the first second. This is a problem with lots of my brothers and sisters in the kingdom. They are striving to be first, but they're not striving to be best. And so, yeah, they can sing like, like, like Beyonce, but their character's messed up. I'm not saying here. I'm just saying in the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 can, they, can, they can perform in theatrical arts at the church, but they was, they was sipping on gin and juice Saturday night. We don't want somebody to be first. We want somebody to be best. And when you work your best, God puts you at the first. All right, there's this guy. You may have never heard of him before, but his name is Michael Angelo. He's one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Michael Angelo painted the Sistine, the Sistine, that chapel. I used to think it was the Sixteen Chapel, but it's the Sistine Chapel. And most people don't know about this chapel is, is there stood Michelangelo on top of a scaffolding to paint the walls. But when he went to paint the ceiling, they built a scaffolding that was really close to the top of the ceiling where he would lay painstakingly for hours on his back, painting with much detail. Well, one night he was painting it well into the night and it was dark in the room and he lit candles on top of the scaffolding to make sure he could see what he was doing and his assistant came into the chapel and said, Michael, where are you? Michael, where are you? He couldn't find Michelangelo because Michelangelo was up behind a post, back behind the nave of the chapel, up in behind a rafter where nobody could see him. His assistant went back there and said, hey, Michael, what are you doing? Michael didn't pay no attention. Then his eyes focused, and he could tell that Michelangelo was painting the details of the wings, of the feathers, of the angels that he already painted. He said, Michael, what are you doing? He said, nobody is ever going to come back here behind the nave, behind the post, up into the rafters. No one's ever going to see the detail by which you are painting. Michelangelo said, man may not see it, but God will. See, excellent people aren't doing it because man will see it. Excellent people are doing it because God is watching you and God will see it. Excellent people are deeply committed to excellence. That's pretty good right there. Number two, number two, number two. Excellent people allow integrity and character to be at their core. Now, integrity is what we know you by. We know you to, to call Saturday night to say, I can't be there tomorrow when you're scheduled to serve. We know you by that. That's your integrity. 
Not you. I'm talking to other people that are maybe watching. So I don't know. But character is what you do when no one else is watching you. Character. In the quiet place. Now, character will take you where gifting won't keep you. I said that backwards first service. But character will take you where gifting won't keep you. Yes, you sing, but you, you yes, you can preach, but you, yes, you can lead a department. Yeah. Come on, dream team leads. Yes, you can, but how is your character? You say, Pastor, why you keep talking about singers? We're just up front. That's why, I mean, I don't think anybody here has got bad character. I'm just using the example because I've been in other churches. Praise God. Okay. If I were to ask you a question today, y'all know Samson in the Bible, right? Super strong. He pushed over pillars with his bare hands. He, he, uh, he took a jawbone of a donkey, and he beat a 1,000 people to death by himself. He was a strong man. If I were to ask you today, who was stronger? Was Samson stronger or Joseph stronger? We would probably say, muscle-wise, Samson was stronger. But here's what I know about character. Morality is stronger than muscle. Yeah, you might be strong on the outside, but what do you look like on the inside? What does your character look on the inside? Because people are watching you. Come on. Integrity matters as a church. What we do and say must match up together. Come on. Can people put our trust in us as a church? Can people follow what we're dishing out? If you don't have the right character, it won't keep you there very long. I want to be the kind of church that when people speak of LifeGate, they can say, oh, that church right there, they're going to do what they say they're going to do. They have character. It ain't just the pastor. It ain't just the drummer. It ain't just the sound guy, the candlestick maker, or the baker. Everybody at that church, that's kind of their culture. I mean, they're, they're crazy about their word, and they're crazy about what they do. This week, this week I got a letter from the FBI. It's, that's, a great, that's a great suspense statement. My wife said, babe, this is from the FBI. I think I need a heart pill. No, she don't take heart pills. I'm kidding. I said, well, open it up and see what it says. So we open it up, and here's what they said. Dear members of the LifeGate Church. I was like, whew, I'm out on that one. That's them. I mean, <laughs> praise God. What did, they, what did they do? On behalf of the Kansas City Division of the FBI, we would like to extend our appreciation for the kindness, generosity, and hospitality that your church community extended to us on March 1st, 2023. We greatly appreciate the refreshments, the use of your space, and the kind words extended to us while we were working a long and difficult day. We are grateful to have community members such as you people, LifeGate Church, who are willing to go above and beyond to assist law enforcement Sincerely, special agent in charge. That's a pretty good testimony of what the community thinks about us as a church. That ought to get you excited. Come on, we, we, what we believe will manifest how we behave. I thank God we're behaving and believing a certain way, aren't you? Just look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad, aren't you? What we believe to the core person of who we are as a church is manifesting how we behave. Number three, 
Excellent people give others genuine respect. Now, I'm coming, for, I'm coming for all of us as a community because where we're going as a church. All of us as a community must display an excellent culture. How? By respecting other people. What's the word respect mean? It means to honor people. It means to esteem them, to value them highly, even people who aren't like us. Come on. It means to place worth on them, to make them feel valuable. When somebody comes into the church, they're not coming as just another person that we can say, here's another seat to fill. Come on. Ty Taiwan is here today for the first time, and I hope you felt genuine love today, my friend. You know why? Because Taiwan is not just a number on a checkbox. What is our motive for wanting to do what we do at church? What is our motive for what we do on our job? Are we looking at people like opportunities as resources, platforms for promotion? If so, your heart is wrong. We must value people and respect them. John C. Maxwell, he's an incredible author, and, and uh, he wrote, actually, Jeremy got to talk to him the other day. Uh, he wrote an incredible book called Developing the Leader Within You, and he said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Are we giving that vibe to people who come in? I hope so. I'm not talking about me and my wife. I'm talking about y'all. Is your coffee with your friend that you really know on Sundays more important than the person walking through the door? I hope not. Are we making people feel valuable, respected, and honored by our presentation to them, or are they just standing there holding up the wall? Well, I'm an introvert, Pastor. That's a social skill you need to unlearn. It's kind of selfish. Because you're uncomfortable to love on somebody. That's kind of selfish. What you don't know is I used to be completely introverted. I know it's hard for you to believe because I'm crazy. You know, I am the life of the party. That's, that's, my, that's what people know me by. I will make you laugh, cry, and maybe cuss all in the same time framework together. I'm not going to, but you know, you might. That's just me. I've had to learn to be social. My grandpa used to say, would you please look people in the eye and talk to them? I just, not my personality, grandpa. No, it is your personality, and it's in you to do it. Look at people in the eye and talk to them loud enough to where they can hear you. Oh, it used to make me so uncomfortable. Now I'm like addicted to it. I'm like, hey, what's up with your name? <laughs> we should make people feel warm, welcome, and be good hosts of people that come to church. Well, I'm, I'm not on the greeting team. Yes, you are. If you remember, you're, you're a greeter. If you're a member, you're a greeter. Huh? We're greeters. We're good hosts. Come on. I mean, how could you talk to Sister Carr and not just want to melt? She's, she's always in greeting mode. I mean, she's always in greeting mode. If you go like to eat with her or you go to her house, I'm like, man, she's such a great greeter, Lord. I want to be like Sister Carr, Jesus. She'll just make you cry and laugh. She, no, nothing else. No cussing. Amen. <laughs> Number four, excellent people, they go the extra mile. Are you a giver to the ministry or a taker? Nobody has to tell me, Ben, hey, pastor, you walked past that trash, you didn't pick it up. Right. Well, I'm not on the clean teams. <laughs> pastor, did you see those crooked rows? I'm not an usher. <laughs> pastor, did you see them kids run the hallway? I'm not on the security team. <laughs> no. 
I'm going to manage and do my very best as a leader with what God put in my hand. That means everything. Go the extra mile. Come on. Go the extra mile. Now, I was on my treadmill yesterday. I was running. I was at two miles. and I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to go the extra mile. You're going to get skinny again, Chunky. Go the extra mile. And if we're going to be a healthy church, we're going to have to go pay the price to go the extra mile. Excellence matters. I don't do what's just asked of me. I don't just preach. That's all that's asked of me. I don't just preach. I do drywall. Don't tell Brother, brother Elder because I don't want him looking at it. I do drywall. I built this whole stage. but I did all this by myself. Well, Brother Duran, brother Duran helped me do this. And, and, and Berto helped me to connect things because I'm not too brilliant with all that. It's not asked of me to do that. I want to do it. I built that sound booth. I want to do it. Come on. She's looking at me funny for you know, I helped lay this flooring, the, the underneath layment to level it up. I, I want to help. I want to do every single thing I can so when I die and stand before God, he can say, you used every ability in you to do what I called you to do. Go the extra mile. Number five, excellent people give 100% of their time. Now, there's four kind of church, four kind of people that go to church, Brother Duran. There's four. You got the cop-outs, you got the hangouts, you got the dropouts, and then you got the all-outs. The cop-outs, they come to church and they say things like, well, $8,000, what's he expect from us? Give a day's worth of wages? I'm not giving up my Starbucks. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> if you go to Scooters, you have to give your life savings to go there. I said, $10 for a coffee? My God. Inflation, what? Cop-outs. Well, they don't need me serving. Yes, we do. Everybody should be doing something. Because you got cop-outs, then you got the hangouts. Pastor, I just like to hang out. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to contribute. Now, now, we know people, like my precious sister, she drives a long way to get here, like an hour and a half. How can she serve throughout the week? It's going to be hard for her to do that. She could call and make a, you know, call and make a, hey, pastor, we love you, praying for you. We can all do something is what I'm trying to say. And sometimes we've got to be creative with it, right? Because we don't want to just be hangouters. Because hangouters, they, they're takers. They're not givers. They just hang out. They, they, Y'all got friends like this. They suck up your time. What is this meeting for this conference for? Why are we even talking on the phone? You're just sucking up my time. All I hear is wah, 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 wah. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. World, the sky is falling. The world is coming to end. Would you shut up? Hangouts. They could be a blessing, but they won't serve. They, they could contribute and help us win the city, but they just hanging out. And eventually they go on dropout. <laughs> you got dropouts. They start off with zeal. We love this church. Brother Mike, let me ask you an honest question. And I don't know where you go to church. Don't say it out loud. If you lived in Kansas City, where would you go to church? Why would you go here? Because he loves it. <laughs> Hear that zeal? I love it. He's been loving me since I was like a snot-nosed brat of the Bible college. He's been loving me. <laughs> but we get this new car smell at the church. 
Ooh, man, I love this car. Ooh, it's nice. Well, I just feel something in here. Ha! I feel the glory. Ooh, goosebumps. My God. Goosebumps. Ooh, Jesus, I never felt this before. Been a long time. And then six months, now I'm criticizing everything. Yep, I don't like that. Why did it paint it all black in here anyway? Is this a nightclub or a church? All of a sudden, the new smell starts wearing off. They didn't get connected. And we don't see them anymore. But then you got, there's a few of us around here, we're all outs. Our hands are on deck. We are on the bus, and the bus is in, we are in motion on the bus, singing, the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round. We all doing something. We, we are all out about the vision. We want to lift up the name of Jesus, and we want to empower people. We are all about what God is doing. We are all out people. Why? Because excellent people are all out people. Come on, say it with me. Excellent people are all out. Just push your neighbor a little bit and say, hey, neighbor, excellent people are all out people. They're all out people. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord just a second of praise. Now, here's why this is important to me as a person that follows Jesus. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you can ask those around me, I'm pretty regiment. Like, I don't like anything crooked. I don't like anything outside of uniformity. Um, some people call that a certain thing, OCD. I call that kingdom excellence. That's what I call it. You know, we can't be all crooked and unlevel. It's got to look right. Um, thank God for, for companies like, like uh, Mr. Elder has. His company is called Better Than New. And if you go down to Guest Central, unfortunately, it's the nicest room in the entire church. I'm about to put my office in there. What? Okay, so, 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 so if I see a room now in the church that looks like that, you know what I'm going to say? Oh, I bet you Mr. Elder did that. Why? Because excellence is his signature. I never met somebody who did drywall and is clean about it. My guy was down there scraping walls and sanding, and I'm like, there's not a bit of dirt anywhere. That's his signature. Excellent people. Look at your neighbors. Excellent people. Give 100%. Number six. Oh, we're moving quite along. Praise God. I got nine of these, and we're number six. Excellent people never stop learning. Excellent people never stop learning. Here's what I know about learning. When you stop learning, you start losing. When you stop developing, you start dying. Now, I got people coming to me all the time, Pastor, I want to grow more in Jesus. They never came to discipleship class, but they want to grow in Jesus. Huh? How are you developing you in your walk with Jesus? Well, Pastor, that's your job to develop me. I get you one hour out of the week, and it's my job to develop you as a Christian? That's way too much pressure. I ain't that good. You're supposed to say, yes, you are. Okay. I don't think I'm my wife. <laughs> when you stop learning, you start losing. When you stop developing, you start dying. I want to ask you an honest question. How have you been developing as a Christian? Well, what do you mean, Pastor? What podcast? Well, you can't listen to everybody's podcast. Let me tell you that right now. What books are you reading? Well, Pastor, my marriage is a mess. You ain't read one book on marriage. Well, I don't like to read. You ain't listen to one podcast on marriage. I don't like to listen. That's your problem why your marriage is bad. You don't like to listen. What classes are you taking? 
Are you signing up for discipleship under the leadership of Brother Carr, Pastor Greg, or myself? How are you growing and developing as a leader? Well, I'm not a leader. Well, exactly, because leaders are born. You, you can become a leader. Leadership isn't a title. It's what you do in life. You either lead or you don't. And some of y'all need to take ownership of your life and lead. Boy, I feel like I'm in class today. Praise the Lord. Okay. Ignorance then is our enemy, not the devil. Ignorance is your enemy. Well, the devil is too, but ignorance is your enemy. Knowledge becomes, the right knowledge becomes your best friend. Amen, church. Because excellent people, you don't need to babysit us. You just got to inspire us. I don't want you babysitting me. I want you inspiring me. And hopefully as a pastor, you feel that for me. I don't babysit folks. This is not a toddler's ministry. I don't have binkies and bottles and diapers. This is a grown folk ministry. Who We're going to inspire you. Three, three claps. Thank you. Thank you, Alexis. Number seven. <laughs> Who's inspiring you today? Who is inspiring? You're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. You bring feeling to my life. You're the inspiration. I want to have you near me. I want to have you hear me say. No one needs you more than I need you. inspiring you well pastor Beyonce be inspiring me no brother Sam what's his name Sam something no who's inspiring you Kelly Clarkson's inspiring me what Jamie Foxx is my Denzel is my inspiration no if they ain't godly you don't need them inspiring you well Denzel's godly his movies have indicated that's not true why are you looking at me funny? He's one of my favorite actors. I'm just saying, who's inspiring you? How are you developing as a Christian? Because excellent people, excellent people, excellent people, excellent people, never stop improving. Number seven, and I'm moving right along. Excellent people make excellence a lifestyle. My granddaddy, boy, he did everything but whoop my butt. Well, he did that a couple times too. My granddaddy was an inspiration to me. He's a godly man. He feared the Lord. He read the Bible every single year for decades. He was my inspiration. I got to be by his bedside when he passed away and went to go be with Jesus. The last thing he told me was, I want to see all my kids and grandkids serve Jesus. Help me make that happen. I said, no pressure, Grandpa. And then he passed away. It was the last conversation. But grandpa used to give me lines and phrases when I was growing up because I needed a mentor and a leader showing me the right way. Here's some phrases from grandpa. Do it right the first time, every time. He used to also say, do it right the first time or don't do it at all. How many of y'all heard that growing up? Praise the Lord, help us. He would say, don't cut corners in anything that you do because your name's on it. It's pretty good. Then he would say, if you say you're going to do it, do it. Hallelujah. Come on, Sister Gordon. Do it. You know why? Here's what it means to me as a church. People are going to see LifeGate way before they hear us. 
How many of y'all think Miss Bree is phenomenal? You better. You better stand up, Deron. How many of y'all think Pastor Janae is phenomenal up here singing? Miss Talise. Miss Kaya. Elder Matthew. Who am I forgetting? Help me. My beautiful wife. Melissa. Miss Jennifer. Miss Olivia. Uh-uh-uh. How many think Chris is a phenomenal drummer? Boy, he's awesome. How many of y'all think our music director, Jeremiah Dabonet, is incredible? What about the man on the keys who learned how to play on a cell phone? Brother Benjamin Tiger Man Tiger. Here's what's so sad, though. A lot of people might miss the opportunity to hear them because what they see when they walk in the door of people who lack presentation and welcoming them. You see? So people will see LifeGate before they hear, hear me preach. You're going to see us before you hear us. So we have one time to impress people. I mean, I could give you all the statistics. Just, just go with me. We have one time to impress people. We must do our best the first time. We must serve our best the first time. I told Miss Stacy that I want the shirt, and Donnie gave me this idea. It was really good. I want the shirt for Love Week this year to say on the back of it, you've been served. Yep. We have one chance to do our best and present well because people will see LifeGate way before they hear LifeGate. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Appearance is the platform for our presentation. Appearance is the platform. I mean, most of you came and you stayed and you got planted because the love, the genuine love you felt here at this church. We ain't perfect by any means. Just hang out a little while. You will see. After new car smells gone, we are not perfect. Just touch your neighbor and say he's talking to you. <laughs> Appearance is the platform of our presentation. Well, pastor, the outside don't appear very well. I agree. Praise God. But it will eventually. Oh, I'm coming for it. I'm giving, I've been talking to the Lord. Lord, please, in, in another year, I think by, by, the, by this time next year, we should be able to work outside. Because what I see, what I see, what I see, what I see is real black top, which I mean is like black. It's like gray top right now. Or, or we should say crack top and falling <laughs> apart top. I see curbs that are concrete. I see nice, big, bright lights all around the building. I see painted and a beautiful metal roof and a 600-seat sanctuary somewhere. Well, I see it with my, I see it in here. I know appearance is a platform for our presentation, but guys, I think this letter can testify to us that we are creating a good culture of excellence to minister to people as soon as they come in the door. Because when they come in the door and they feel our love for the first time, they're going to be like, man, forget what the outside looks like. These people in here got it going on. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Number eight, excellent people refuse to settle for average. Now, I love my beautiful wife. She, she is my inspiration. She is so beautiful. I wake up every morning and I look at her and I say, baby, I get to look at you and you can sing to me. I say, I got the whole package. Let the church say yes. yes. 
But when I was in Bob Bill College, I had all these crazy women running after me. And every one of them would say, seriously, it was like 20 of them. And they would say the... Bitter, my God. Now, now five, five of these crazy women t- literally told me, the Lord told me you're my husband. I said, the Lord is either confused or he's calling me to have sister wives. I don't know. I said, but something's wrong with this picture. And so I, I had a list. I promise you I did. I had it on an old three ring or uh, an old uh, spiral notebook. We used to use those, you know, Gen Zers. They're called notebooks. See, my wife, she's a Gen Xer, so it's, a, it's still there. She tries to claim being a, a millennial, but I, I call her a Gen Xer. So anyway, I had this, this list of what I was looking for. I didn't want them in debt. I had to make sure they loved Jesus. What are y'all looking at me funny for? I'm just saying, I, 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 didn't, I didn't want them to, uh, you, you know, have, have lots of baggage that they weren't, they weren't free from. I, I wanted to make sure that they uh, read the Bible and read other books. So I would ask them these questions at the table. You said, Pastor, that's way too direct. I don't care if it was too direct. I wasn't settling for average. I said, do you read? No, I don't read much. You, no, you average. Do you read the Bible? No, just sometimes. It's boring to me. <laughs> You're definitely on my list. Do you pray uh, at church? Checklist. Are you in debt? Well, you know, uh, checklist. God bless you. Uh, next, <laughs> please sit down. Okay, uh, are you uh, in debt? Uh, I'm dead serious. But when I found my wife, I knew something was different about her. So how'd you find her? I don't know. I was playing hide and seek and boom, there she was. Because I knew that average is the grave excellence gets buried in. Boom. Average is the grave that excellence gets buried in. Buried way down low in the pits of the dungeon. So we can't ascend and stand because we keep living on the level of average. You see, the greatest enemy to your progress is your last level of success. You know why? Because you're always comparing to that. Maybe God wants to do something new. Maybe you need to stop reaching for what God did do and start reaching for what God's about to do. But pastor, we had a great move of God and manifest. I know that's yesterday's business and news. I believe God wants to break out something like that on a Sunday morning. Can he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Thank you, Chris. I heard you back there. Chris is like, sound like a muffled man right there. He was like a trumpet that's got the thing on the end of it. He's like, when we settle on yesterday's successes, we have literally gotten to agreement to stop and die. Well, it used to be good. And it's going to get better. Well, we used to have pastor in our family. Well, it's about to get better in your family. Well, I used to have a great marriage. Now I'm single. Well, a good marriage is on the way, baby. All the single folks should have said amen or something. Pastor, I've been in a tumultuous season, but you're coming out of it. Pastor, I've been through a lot of heartache, but you're about to walk into some healing. 
Come on now, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. And then number nine, here we go. I'm about to conclude on this message. I get 12 of those per service. Watch this, number nine. Excellent people stop comparing themselves with others. Your greatest competitor is not your neighbor. Can I encourage you? Your greatest competitor is not your spouse. What that teacher did to you. See, some of you are trying to be on social media and you're trying to prove everybody wrong because you're competing with everybody. Honey, your greatest competitor is you. You are in competition with you. But pastor, you don't know what they did. Uh, it's in the past. What you got to do is pop them collars, shake them haters, and step into your tomorrow. They're always, you're always going to be criticized. There will always be a reason why you can't. There will always be naysayers telling you, you're no good. You don't measure up. You're filthy. You're dirty. You, you did all these things. You messed up. You got pregnant before you got married. You were in prison. You were a three-time divorcee. There's always going to be people that you feel like you've got to defend yourself with or compete with. But I want you to know today, the only one you're competing with is you. Mm -hmm. Excellence is simply competing with yourself. Viewing your last success, not your failures. Stop looking at your failures. View your last success and ponder, how can I make that better next time? Come on, church. My aim is not to outdo Stephen Furtick. I mean, he's great. Praise God for him. We love him. My aim is not to do Bishop Westlake down there at Sheffield or Apostle Kelly Lorkey over at the Cure or, or uh, uh, Pastor Bobby Hawk up, up there by Target. My goal is not to outdo them. My goal is not to, to outdo me. There's only one of me, and I'm pretty awesome. Well, you shouldn't say that. I know, well, you know, so I got to say it. I preach like I preach. So when people leave here, they can say, oh, that was my pastor. He was so fun. That, that, was my, that was classic pastor right there. That's his signature, right? Remember I told you about Brother Elder downstairs? You can say, oh, that's, 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 that's Brother Elder's work. When you leave church here on a Sunday morning, they ought to say, man, that's my, that's my pastor's work. Or, you know, that's my pastor's work. They, you know, they, signature. I don't compete to be better than Pastor Perky. There's already one of him. He's great in his lane. But he ain't as good as me in my lane, and I'm not as great as him in his lane. That's what makes us diverse in the kingdom. Now, 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 I look to others. I have mentors. I'm very well mentored up. I have fathers in my world. I talked to two of them this week. I forgot to call Pastor Hart this morning. Would you remind me? I call him every Sunday morning. But I'm not trying to be them. I'm just looking to them for inspiration. For rebuke and correction. They'll be listening to me preach. like, hey, don't say that no more. That, that, was, that was, you shouldn't say that. Yes, sir. I don't get, I don't get a burr up my backside and rebuke and, and, and kick and buck and say, you just don't like me. No, I say, yes, sir. Because I know my, I know their greatest intention for me is that I rise and I receive it. Come on now. But many of you, you have a hard time with this whole concept because you can't get originality in your mind but I want to tell you today young person you are born to be an original you need to stop being a cheap copy of someone else's mediocrity there's only one you see culture is is really playing us dirty right now 
Culture's telling you this is who you are. Culture's telling you, hey, we're not even like you become what God says you are. You can figure it out yourself. Culture's trying to say, be this way. Success is measured by how you look on social media, by how many selfies you can take with fake filters. Come on, somebody. You're trying to be a, a fake copy of, of all these celebrities who are really at a place where they're not even happy. They're desperate and searching for a Pastor Brian Gallardo to stand in their face and tell them, you are loved by God. See, culture is a counterbalance. It's like this, you know. It's like one, no, no, that's, that's culture of the world. This is culture of the kingdom because the culture of the kingdom says that God knit you together in your mother's womb. Well, I was a mistake. I'm an illegitimate child. No, there's no such thing as mistake children. There's no such thing as illegitimate children. There's no such thing of it. Get that out of your head. God knit you together. God formed you in your mother's womb. Come on, somebody. The Bible said you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God took nine months to incubate you, to figure out who he wanted to breathe into your little soul so you could become who God. Only you got your fingerprints. You ain't here today. Only you got your DNA. There's only one of you. Be an original. Don't be a copy. When you step in to know who you are, man, I feel the presence of God in here today. I don't know why I keep hearing, I, keep, I, I hear your Holy Spirit. Some of you single parents need to stop beating yourself up. You are so precious to the kingdom. You are so valuable to the kingdom. God loves you just as much as he loves a family that, quote, unquote, has it all together. When you step into Jesus, yesterday is washed clean. You are now the redeemed of the Lord, the forgiven of Jesus. You are now accepted of God. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. Come on in here. You are now a child of the Most High God. Come on. You get adopted into the... He picks you. He, he selects you. I'm adopting you. Why? Because he loves you bigger than you could ever love. He sees you more than you could ever see yourself. Stop being a copy when God called you to be an original. Come on, put your hands together in here. Stand to your feet for just a minute. Let's give God just a moment of praise. Because he's so good. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit so strong. <clears throat> I, just, I just keep hearing the Holy Spirit say that to me, y'all. To our single parents in this room, you got to hear my heart today. I know the shame that you carry. I know the fear that you carry. Nobody's going to want me. That's a lie. I know the anxiety that you carry. How am I going to make it? What am I going to do? If you would put your hope in Jesus. And trust the Father. Come on. He'll be a father to you and to your babies. Come on. There's no deadbeat dads in the kingdom. Every our father, listen, our father pays child support. I promise you. Our father, he pays good dividends. He's the Bible said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or its seed begging for bread. If you're a single parent here today, I want to encourage you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I hear it by the Holy Spirit. If you're a single parent here today, you need to stop stressing it. You need to stop beating yourself up. You need to stop trying to live up to somebody else's standard. God formed you. God knit you. You are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God sees you. We see you. And his love is shed abroad in this room to get a hold of your heart. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, he is talking to you. He's talking to you. Every head bowed for just a moment. Every eye closed. Out of reverence for the Holy Spirit in this room and out of reverence for your neighbor. 
if you're here this morning, and I'm not going to call you down, I'm not going to call you out, nobody's going to know but me and you. That's it. Every, every eye closed for just a moment. If you're here today and you're a single parent and you say, oh, my goodness, Pastor, you talked right to me. I want you to just put your hand up really quickly, put it down. I'm not going to expose you. Thank you for being honest. Wow, all over this room, all over this room. Wow, wow, guys, wow. All over this room, all over this room, all over this room. Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit. God, these are your girls. These are your women. Lord, I pray what you would do, that you would do something in them only you can do. Lord, I remember the pain of growing up in a home where my father was absent and my mom, I can remember her laying on that waterbed in that trailer and, and she was sobbing because she didn't know how she was going to make ends meet. I remember eating those nasty TV trays because it's all she could afford. I remember the, the night she had to go work and then the day she had to work back to back just to put those TV trays on our counter and the stress she carried and the shame she carried. God, I pray you would remove all that fear, remove all that shame off these precious women in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that they would stand up and become the women of God you have called them to be. We remove the fear. We remove the guilt. We remove the shame. We remove the lies that the enemy has tried to put on them. And we pray in the name of Jesus, God, that they would see you as an excellent, holy, pure God, that you are a good father who loves them. Mm -hmm. Lord, take that fear away. The fear of what will my kids become? The fear of how am I, how will, Lord, how can I help them? That fear, God, that, that, that helplessness, take it away, Jesus, and give them confidence. Give them victory, Lord. They need your strength today, God. Father, help them, we pray. Come on, saints. Help them today, Lord. I pray for economic, multi-million dollar ideas to your single mothers, Lord. Give them multi-million dollar ideas. Elevate them, God, in the presence of their enemies. All the court cases, all the haters, all those who pointed fingers of shame at them, elevate them to silence their accusers. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that as we get ready as a community to flip the page and to step into a season of revival, that we would walk into, with such excellence and such class and such integrity and character so that your name can be glorified. As I'm reminded of the writer in the New Testament that said, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all for the glory of God. Lord, I pray that you help us as a church to elevate to a new place now where we're doing everything for the glory of God, not for the glory of the pastor, not for the glory of the elders, not for the glory of promotion and position in a church, but that we're doing everything for the glory of the Lord. Now we as a community, Father, we rededicate this ministry to you. This is your church and we give it to you. And we thank you for what you're doing. May we lead it right. In Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. What a sweet presence of the Lord here today.